Morning Sky Show with Super Sly 75. You're listening to OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. Sign up for OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform. Shout out to our super producer, Cindy Ashby. All shows are live on TheWakeUpRadio.com. Catch replays on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as otwtube.com. And now back to your host, Super Sly 75. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Shout out to AM1 and Keep It 100. Yeah, we had a had a good time, good discussion, good good discourse. Um, <laughs> Martina, I just seen it. Yo, we about to watch it. Don't, don't not to worry. We's gonna watch it together. We gonna watch it together. <laughs> yeah, man, hot boy Chucky. Yeah, he... self deletion, man. Self deletion. So we we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get into it. We're gonna cover a whole bunch of stuff today. Oh, is like, for real? Is he? Oh my god! Why? Why? I know the I just seen the Lakers get swept. Jesus. Yo, if you don't believe in magnets, that shot Jokic hit off the back foot three pointer just threw it up there. That listen. Shout out to Big Pontiac. If you don't believe there are magnets in the basketball and they turned and the rim is a gigantic magnet that they turn on and off. I don't know what else to tell you. They're just throwing up shots and just, it just swish, right? They're just throwing shots up, man. Listen, Macbone, what's happening? What's happening? Movie mission impossible fallout. The beach. <laughs> Be wise. What's happening, man? Listen, ain't nobody's going to watch a Denver, Miami finals. Why would they? Nope. I can't wait to see those numbers, those view numbers. But yo, got a whole bunch to talk about. I don't even know where to begin. Let me let the room fill up just a tad bit. Because uh, we got some nonsense to cover tonight. You want to turn that fan off then? Yeah, yeah. Are you talking about fat? Oh, we're going to talk. I'm going to talk fast X. Don't. I'm glad you said that. That's what I can talk about first. Fast X. And then we're going to go into the color purple remake trailer. So let me get into fast X real quick. Wait, I know they're magnets. Don't get mad because, hey, it's not my script. It's not my script to, to. I don't make the calls, but nobody's going to watch a Denver-Miami final. Nobody's going to watch a, a Denver-Miami's final. Right, so let's, let's, let's be honest about that. Hey there, stranger, what's happening? All art is mental. All right, Fast X. Um, I'm over this series. At this point, bring back a hologram Brian Walker, Paul. Bring back Paul. Or Brian, 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 Paul Walker. Yeah, bring back Brian. Um, you done brought back Gal Gadot's character. Remember, she died in Fast 6. 
And when she fell backwards in, into the fire, no, she fell backwards out of the airplane, out of the C-130. They brought her back. Uh, apparently, Jacob dies, right? Uh, apparently, Tesh and, and, and Roman and the girl get shot down in a plane. Apparently, apparently, they brought back the rock. Because, you know, politics be damned. So they brought back The Rock. They brought back Gal Gadot. Um, somehow Dom t- takes out two helicopters with with his car. <sighs> I mean, listen, fast, fast, furious movies ask you to suspend all belief and ignore the laws of physics. But it is so silly at this point. I guess the the most glaring thing to talk about would be Jason Momoa's uh, character, Dante. Ashante. That's Dante Ashante. If clearly this was Jason Momoa's like, okay, you owe us. We done gave you a billion dollar movie. We done let you in all these other movies. You need to Spice it up. So basically, I I gather that Dante, I don't want to say he's a metrosexual. I don't know. He's wearing fingernail polish, matching. He's like, yes, the carpets match the drapes. And he's wearing high-waisted pants with crops, with a crop top t-shirt. And he had his hair in these pigtails. I'm just like, this has to be his, 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 his penance all the success he's been given the last five years clearly he had to take this and do this so we complain about black men now they got jason momoa doing some weird stuff in this movie too and then he's painting the two guys he killed he one of them they're both dead but he's painting the dead guy's toenails right i was like what in the hell and he he's flamboyant and extremely effeminate you know, I thought he was going to, I was like, he might as well kiss one of these dudes. He, he just, he, it was all over the place. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. The movie, listen, I I told, because this is her idea. Hey, I want my man. My man. <laughs> um, yeah, it, don't, don't, go see, matinee this, or just wait for it to come out on, on Peacock. Let me see what else. So, oh, oh, oh. So the, the crux of it is Dante was Reyes's other son that during, they do a flashback 10 years ago when they broke, they stole the, the um, stole the safe with the money. Dante was there at the, at the, at the police station. And then they had a, a, a mole in the agency played by Alan, Alan Rickman, Alan Rickman, he plays Jack Reacher on the TV show. He also played Aquaman on, on Titans. He's fucking Jack. He's, he's a brick, you know? So he was the, he was the mole. Um, Dante, you know, is upset at Dom and wants Dom to suffer. And, you know, Dom is showing his, his little, his little Brazilian son how to drive and drift and all this extra stuff. And, so he sets the team up as wanted criminals, allowing uh, Alan Rickman's character for the agency to take over. Brie Larson is there. She's nobody's daughter, but no one can't find Mr. Nobody. 
Um, Mr. Nobody, the other guy, Scott Speedman, he's only in it for five minutes. Um, Han is Han is here. Um, I guess he doesn't know that old girl's not dead. So when they bring back Gal Gadot, because what's her face? Letty gets kidnapped and thrown into a black site with Cypher. They work together to get out. And then when they escape the black site, the submarine pops up and then it's Gal Gadot. So now Gal Gadot's character works for Cypher. Um, yeah, Jacob, John Cena allegedly dies trying to clear a path for Dom. And somehow there's a chase and he's, and the boy jumps out in the car in between cars and oh my God. Um, Tyrese is funny in this. Tyrese is funny in this. Uh, what, did I miss anything? Who else went to go see Fast X? Anybody else? What did I miss? Fast X was better than the last one to me. Ah, man, listen, this last two or three. Oh, so so Shaw, Jason Statham, they they go to him for help. He's in this, but the post credit scene is so now. Dante is not only mad at Dom, but actual actual Hobbs because Hobbs was the one that actually killed, shot his his father. So I guess he kidnaps Hobbs's daughter, and whatever and he you know it's like you know he's on a mission and he takes off the mask and you know it's Hobbs he's like he's like come uh come give me some bitch like oh ooh okay ah uh, yeah might as well bring back Brian man go ahead and do that CGI thing or have his brother do a body double stand in and CGI his face go and bring back Brian go on, they're not might as well just bring him back Bring him back. Anybody else seen it? See it? Already seen it. Anybody else? Did I miss anything that that's worth no th- worth noting? Did I miss anything? It was just so over the top at this point. Did they time travel in this movie? Might as well. They might as well had. They done did everything else. I, mean, I might as well just insert some dinosaurs at this point. Conspiracy. What's happening? What's happening? So, um, yeah, that was it. That was my fast X. Movie Rich. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. So let's get to the color purple. Let's get to the color purple. The the remake, the trailer dropped about seven hours ago. I know I don't know how I I, I didn't catch this. I didn't get the alert. Y'all ready? I'm gonna speed it up. Even though Warner Brothers is going to hit me, because Warner Brothers does not play nice. They're going to hit me. But let's speed it up. All right, y'all ready for this? Warner Brothers, this is the Color Purple the Color Purple musical trailer. It just dropped about 7 hours ago. I'm so late to the party, but let's go. Let's go. Today, our teacher taught us about a place called Africa. Uh-oh. She say our mamas come from Queens over there. That means that we royalty. <laughs> Don't need you to love me. Afternoon. I need me a wife. I need me a wife. You and me. Martina. I need me a wife. Don't need. Get off my land. You. I rest you every day. Nothing but death can keep me from it. Oh, Miss Felix. 
You must ain't got no kinfolk around these parts. All I had was my sister. <laughs> she was the only one ever loved me. How do you make How do you make Fantasia look ugly? How do you make Fantasia look ugly? Put it on. This ain't me. Hush. We need to look like we belong. Now see the smile like that. You sweet and loving God. How do you make Fantasia ugly, y'all? How? Thank you. I already don't like it. She's not that cute. What? Dear Seely, we are more than just kings and queens. We are at the center of the universe. <laughs> All right, y'all, 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 y'all ready for this? Christmas Day. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for uh? Y'all ready for the remake? Are you ready for the color purple musical, y'all? Okay, what is this? What am I doing on this? What am I? Why am I? Okay, I just messed up. Okay, let's get out of there. Oop. Okay, let me do this. And let me do that. Okay. No, nobody, nobody's gonna go? No? Afton people, I'll take the lump of coals. No. Okay, folks. I, I, thank you, Martina. Folks will come out for Fantasia. Yeah, they got her up in there too. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it might make some coin. I can't see it not making any coin. I mean, because listen, the color purple is still wildly popular amongst black women. Sorry. It's still wildly popular wildly dare i say insanely okay it's the triggers for me uh oh okay okay trauma porn i agree straight to on demand all right let's uh you know what i got some for y'all i'm gonna be messy let me be messy y'all ready but and i keep trying to tell y'all Y'all gonna learn. Um, I'm transgender. I look good. I look sexy. I look fine. I don't think it's gay that a straight man messes with a trans. I have pay attention. Dudes that know and take me out, take me to dinner, even here in Miami. The dangers of not telling is getting your head blown off. One time I didn't tell, and oh. that situation was definitely crazy. There's this dude I was fascinated about, right? I knew he worked at this certain club. He was like a big guy at the club, whatever. Street turned educated. He was straight? Or like oh yeah, he, he definitely was... had girls. So things started progressing really fast. I was getting drinks. Next thing you know, I'm too drunk to drive. And so he was like, I'll take you home. We got in the truck. We went to his house. We go upstairs. Do, do, do. Go out to the bed. We get to the business. I'm over here like trying to act like I don't want to do nothing. And it's like the thing is when you don't tell him, you just hope and hope until like when it comes to that point that he accepts it, he got to touch it and feel it and notice certain things. And I was like, oh, Lord, here it is. And instantly like snap. And oh! he goes to his back room and grabs like a, a AK or something. <laughs> he put an AK-47 to my head. He's like. 
Oh my gosh. Let's continue. Why should I blow your head off right now? Why should I blow your head off? Oh, like I'm literally shit. like, am I gonna die today? I finally get him to calm down. And so he calms down. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. And I'm like, it. he goes to the back room, puts the gun away. He's like, let's just do it. What I've been telling y'all. I'm a prophet. What have I been telling y'all? What have I been saying for the last three years? What have I been saying for the last three years? Okay. I'm a prophet. I told y'all this is going to. Y'all going to learn. Y'all going to learn. Y'all. Y'all want me. <laughs> y'all going to learn. Let's continue. Wow. Oh, shit. Oh. Welcome to Miami. There's girls like me everywhere. So please be careful and do your due diligence. Roll out. Everybody get the hell out. Everybody get the hell out. Everybody breaks the hell out. I've been saying this for years. I've been telling y'all for the year. Now listen. All first glance, you cannot tell. This is a man. Let's not let's let's stop playing this game. At first glance, you could not tell this is a man. Okay. Maybe single mothers aren't so bad. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> once again. At first glance, you cannot tell this is a man. Ain't no zooming in. You can't tell. Look at this motherfucker. <laughs> Chronicles of the pussy. Wait, you know what? Let's do this. You couldn't. On first glance, you couldn't tell. On first glance, you could not tell. No. Come on, don't 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 do me like this, y'all. At first glance, you could not tell till it opens his mouth, okay? At first glance, you know what? It's fucking wild. Girls, so things started progressing really fast. I was getting drinks. Next thing you know, I'm too drunk to drive. And so he was like, I'll take you home. We got in the truck. We went to his house. We go upstairs. Do, do, do. Going to the bed. We get to the business. I'm over here like trying to act like I don't want to do nothing. And it's like the thing is when you don't tell him, you just hope and hope until like when it comes to that point that he accepts it, he got to touch it and feel it. Now, the thing that w w worries me the most, he, she never says if they use the condom or not. Okay. They, it, 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 they never, he never mentions that they use the condom or not. Right. This is how... <laughs> Once again, black American black men are probably the thirstiest group of men on the planet. So you, we go from being tricked and fooled. You put a gun, and you put a rifle to this person's head, and then you thought about it, and then you still went and noticed certain things. And I was like, "Oh Lord, here it is!" And instantly, like, snap. And oh, he goes to his back room. And grabs like a, a AK or something. And he put an AK-47 to my head. He's like, why shouldn't I blow your head off right now? Why shouldn't I blow your head off? Oh, like, I'm shit. literally like, am I going to die today? I finally get him to calm down. And so he calms down. He's like, you know what? Fuck it. And I'm like, 
He goes to the back room, puts the gun away. He's like, let's just do it. Wow. Oh, shit. Oh. Welcome to Miami. There's girls like me everywhere, so please be careful and do your due diligence. Has Fresh and Fit that Fresh and Fit have brought on trannies before, right? Right? I, I think I remember watching the episode where Fresh and Fit had brought on some trannies, right? Y'all be careful out here. No more Miami. Man, they're everywhere, bruh. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> They are everywhere. Hey, listen, one of the benefits of being married, we, I don't have these problems. <laughs> Us married guys don't have these problems. Uh, chest snaps. No, that was, those are tattoos. I, I thought it was chest hair, too. No, those are tattoos. That's a flower tattoo. Where is it at? Let me run it back. Did I put it in the trash? Yeah, I put it in the trash. No, that's a, that's a rose tattoo. That's not chest hair. I thought, I too thought upon first glance, see, that's a rose. That's a rose. It had several roses. That's a rose tattoo. It's got a bunch of roses on there. Yeah, that's a rose. That's not chest hair. Yes, yes, Nick. It, uh, it still has yes, because matter of fact, he, he she he even says he got the touch and the feeling. Let's let's run that back. He worked at this certain club. He was like a big guy at the club, whatever. Street turn educated. He was straight or like oh yeah, he, he definitely was... had girls. So things started progressing really fast. I was getting drinks. Next thing you know, I'm too drunk to drive, and so he was like, "I'll take you home." We got in the truck. We went to his house. We go upstairs. Do do do. Going to the bed. We get to the business. I'm over here like trying to act like I don't want to do nothing. And it's like the thing is when you don't tell him, you just hope and hope until like when it comes to that point that he accepts it. He See that now that's dangerous. When it comes to that point, you hope that he accepts it. So you fool this man up until you get into the actual bedroom. This guy's in heat. And then you hope by the by then he overlooks the phallus. That's a very dangerous game to play. That's a very, very dangerous game. Comes to that point that he accepts it. He got the touching and feeling. He got the touching and feeling. And noticed certain things. And I was like, oh, Lord, here it is. And instantly, like, snap. And okay. Okay. That's an extremely, extremely dangerous game to play. Yes. Now... It was all wrong up until, up until we're, we're all, we're all in agreement. We're all in agreement until, until. Oh, like I'm literally shit. like, am I going to die today? I finally get him to calm down. And so he calms down. He's like, you know what? And I'm like, he goes to the back room, puts the gun away. He's like, let's just do it. Let's just do it. So actually he just negated the crime that was committed, right? It's called stealthing. Stealthing is a crime. So you just negated, you just let this person get away with stealth, stealthing, a crime. And, you you know, just like Nike, just you just did it. So I don't know. Are guys really as upset as they claim to be? I don't know. I don't know. And I, I'm, sh I'm more than sure this wasn't a one-time encounter. I, I'm almost sure... This was not a one-time encounter. I'm sure that he came back for seconds at some point, but 
please get this out your head. You know that you can just off the rip just tell if it if it's a bad job, bad makeup, bad um, maximal maxim maximal facial surgery, bad brow ridge shaving. If it's a bad you know nip tuck job, yeah. But the good ones, the good surgeries, you can't tell. Not off rip. Yeah. Ain't that what Andrew Tate said? Scoot it over. Just scoot it over. Right? That's what Andrew Tate said. Scoot it over. Okay? All right. Let's go. Let's get on to let's get on to something else. Let's get on to something. You know what? Let's keep this this whole theme of in, in, in inappropriate touching. Isaiah Washington spilling the beans. Let's go. I stuck my hand under this table and grabbed your inner thigh. Oh, no, sir. How would you respond? With a respectful left hook. Thank you. (laughs) Respectfully. I have had (laughs) many people just go under the restaurant tables and grab my inner thigh and I would go, hey, hey, hey. Hollywood. And they would look at me and go, hey, my makeup artist on True Crime. Wow. He looked just like Morgan Freeman. That's the scariest thing. Wait, so he said his makeup artist on the movie True Crime that looks like Morgan Freeman put his hand on on his thigh. Wee. She come up here and say I'm lying. Wow. I'm so tired of these fools because they think they have power. When I pick a job or a role, I want to be educated, so therefore I can help educate you guys. Absolutely. I've been an activist and educator from day one. Every role, I want to change minds and hearts or educate you or raise your level of thought about how you look at a melanated man, which is being portrayed by me. So when I went there, I went there to say no. But the director quit because I was going to tell him that I cannot play this role subjugated because that goes against Neely Fuller Jr. Come on, come on. With the power of imagery. Neely Fuller Jr. Come on, research. You know what? I have. You know what? It's okay to be wrong sometimes. I'm okay with being wrong. But on this one, I think Isaiah did stuff. You know what? Isaiah has been in, in Hollywood for a very long time. And you're going to have a hard time convincing me he didn't cross over at some point and, and did something he regrets. You're not going to you're going to have a hard time trying to convince me that he didn't partake in the same stuff that everybody else does. You're going to have a hard time convincing me to do so. And until someone, you know, <laughs> from William Morris taps me on the shoulder and says nah, we couldn't break him until that happens. I, I stand on, I believe, Isaiah Washington. Did some things in Hollywood. You just can't. You just can't. He, he's been. He was in it for too long, too long. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, exactly. Come on, I'm not the only one that's, that 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 thinks this way. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Like, be quiet. Like, it's it's oh, we over at this point. Okay. Uh oh. Country girl says, I'm starting to think a lot of men. I'm just trying to tell y'all, be careful out here. The competition is stiff. Pause. That goes against everything he said. Come on, bro. Entertainment. Can, no, can, can I read? Okay. See, you see this, is, pa- this is the you problem. You can go to page 81. This right here. You can go to page 57. Or you go to page 145. I've been reading that since 1991. Wow. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the basis of my entire career. This has had me slapping so-called white man in Crooklyn. <laughs> and be loved for it. Yeah, y'all, y'all, 
Good luck trying to convince me otherwise. Yeah, get, get, good luck with trying to convince me otherwise. Okay? Okay. I could be wrong. Like, I don't mind being corrected, made, you know, I don't mind being told I'm wrong. But on that one, nah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. So I'm going to save the Candace Owens and the crime as a together. And then I'm going to move this over here. Okay, what is this? This is bad dads. Okay, let's save that over here. Um, Let's do the porn over here. And let's do, let's do this. Let's go into fat tiktokers. Once again, if you're obese, apparently it's everybody's fault but yours if you're obese, right? <sighs> apparently it's it's everybody's fault you're obese but you. So, let's go. Let's get into the sh the, the 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 non-fat shaming. Okay, this person says, honestly, it's discrimination that they can't build wider aisles in airplanes in 2023. Do you? Okay, so this person, what are we talking like 60, 65 inch hips? We're, we're looking at a s roughly 65 inches in hips. Let's continue. This is every, this is everybody's fault, but hers. This is everybody's fault but hers. You're, that's at least 65 inches, y'all. She at least 65 inches. That's just in the in the hips. And then look at her. And then her butt is, I mean, she's got the, the shape. It's just big. She's got the, the round. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's a big. That's a big. She got the, you know what I'm saying? The sh 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 right? She's just hella big. See how wide? Yeah, she's. I I know she'd be popular in the at BBW community. Look at how, look. Not only does she have the wide hips, but she's got the the roundness in her ass. Right? Listen. I, okay, brothers in the hood are going. Let's, let's let's just be honest. Brothers in the hood are going. They're going. They're going. Say what y'all want. <laughs> brothers in the hood are going. Right? She's got the wide hips and she got the, and her ass. She got the the huge bubble. She's got the huge bubble. Brothers in the hood are going. Sir Ism, hey, I'm not cat. Wait, 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 no, no, no. Come on, Ism. Talk to me, Ism. They going, exactly. They are going. Thank you. <laughs> Brothers are going. Brothers are going. <laughs> they going. <laughs> I'm just saying. If she live alone, <laughs> She's got the bubble. Yeah, she does. She's got it. 
she's got the man. Listen, let me run this back. Let's let's see her from the side. She's got the bubble. Look, she's got it. She's got the bubble, y'all. Look how wide she is. Yeah, she's got it. That's a whole lot of woman. That's a whole lot of woman. That's a whole lot of woman. Terrible. Terrible. Okay. Yo, I want to post this real quick. I'm going to rehash this 50 50 thing. Now, this is, like I said, remember when we watched Gabby, I mean, uh, Gabrielle Union talk about the pressures of her being able to come up with her half of, of the monies, right? For bills, because she has other households. Look how many households she takes care of. She says, every household is different and doing what's best for you and yours is the key. And what some don't understand is that I am, I'm 100% per, uh, responsible for three other households. And D has even more. The majority of those households are elderly people and minors. We both come from families that step up to help care for children and elderly relatives. So being able to be with someone who meets me halfway and lightens my load gives me peace and support. He's offered to cover me trust, but that's not my ministry nor brings me peace. All that to say, I love how we recognize that there's billions of ways to exist and you just got to find what's right for you that brings you peace. I found mine. So I remember everybody was like, well, D-Way got the money. Why don't he pay for it? She just said he offered and she declined. Because that's not what she wants. She She's taking care of three other households. I'm, I'm just here to report, sir. I'm just doing... <laughs> I'm just doing the report. Yeah, hell yeah, them bills are adding up. Kicking her ass. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is she not doing the right thing? Is, is she not doing the right? Is this not the right thing to say? Somebody said veins full of butter. Don't bump no more with no big. <laughs> what song was that, Reg? I want no big fat woman or something. Some big. Bu- <laughs> I don't know. It's some song like I don't want to bump with no woman no more. It's like an old song. Veins full of butter. I can't stand this woman. Wait, 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 wait. So this is not a good thing? What she just said here? I mean, the fact that you know he's offered to cover me trust, but that's not my ministry, nor brings me peace. Right? Is that's that's not good? That's not a good thing? I thought it was a good thing. No, yes. Yes, no. Oh, from the 70s. The Joe Tex. Is that what that song is? She need to make a, a Bills, Bills, Bills part two. Oh, I ain't bumping no more with a big fat woman. Yeah. Uh-oh, at this point, D-Wade is the woman in that marriage. Hey, man, listen, man, I don't. Hey, marriages are not monolithic. Marriages are not a monolith. I just, I thought this was a good thing, right? 
I could be wrong. It's not even that. It's the fact that she clearly has vitriol for men. I, I give you that as to how she helped turn that boy out. 70s R&B song. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. All right, that's Gabby. Well, let's continue with more black women. <laughs> Y'all going to be mad at this. All right. This kind of goes hand in hand. So this little section is the gangster thug um, crime section of the, of the show. All right, so first things first, we have the 15 most dangerous cities in the U.S., okay? First things first, we have the 15 most dangerous cities in the U.S. I'm not going to get into what political factions run these cities, but we can pretty much guess the majority of them. So number one is St. Louis, Missouri. Number two is Mobile, Alabama. Number three is Birmingham, Alabama. Number four is Baltimore, Maryland, Baltimore. Number five, Memphis, Tennessee. Number six, Detroit, Michigan. Number seven, Cleveland. Cleveland Rocks, Cleveland Rocks. Ohio, number seven. New Orleans is number eight. Number nine is Shreveport. Number 10 is Baton. Goddamn. So Louisiana has three cities in the top 15 most dangerous. Jesus Christ. So they got New Orleans, Shreveport, and Baton Rouge. Number 11, Little Rock, Arkansas. Number 12, Oakland, California. Number 13, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Number 14, or 13. Number 14, Kansas City, Missouri. Number 15, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Now, with that being said, Candace Owens has something to say. Lend her your ear. Hate or love this woman. I mean, when she's right, she's right. But what say you guys? Let's go. Black Americans representing 13% of the population. And we can actually make that smaller, let's say 6% of the population. Let's talk about specifically black men account for 51% of all of the murders in America. That is a fact. It is a fact that people get very angry when you say it. For some reason, you have to pretend that's not true. You just, they go, oh, well, it doesn't matter because they're killing other black people. That's their argument. White people kill white people, black people kill black people. Okay, yes, but we are the most murderous group in America, despite only representing 6% of the population. You are accounting for over 51% of all of the murders, black men. We also account for 50% of all of the robberies. These are stunning numbers, and we should be able to talk about them in a way that is honest and in a way in which we can fix those issues, but we're not allowed to because if you do and you're a black person like me, well, you get accused of being a black white supremacist because people are really smart on the internet. That's why you get accused of being a black white supremacist. But also the real reason is because they don't want to actually fix these issues. So since these issues are not getting fixed because we refuse to talk about them realistically by examining what's behind these issues, being the fact that black Americans have a broken down family Mm -mm. and broken down families, fatherless absence leads to high crime societies, high crime. Okay. Is she wrong? Is Candace Owens wrong in in her assessment? (laughs) Are black men the most murderous? (laughs) Jeez. Yeah. When she says it's like, damn, that sounds pretty bad. Let's keep it going with the crime part. 
I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. I'm going somewhere with this. Okay, where is my where is my thread? Okay, here we go. You ready? Okay, so a gangster versus a thug. Okay, a gangster versus a thug. Okay, a gangster versus a thug. When you study the old black American gangster from the 1930s to the 1960s, it was an element of community and class. In the black American gangster's ideology, he was a family man. He didn't curse around women or children. The community could go to him or her for a loan, and he had police officers on payroll, which helped keep police brutality down somewhat. He moves in public almost like he could be mistaken for a suit on Wall Street. That's the gangster. All right, let's continue. Let's continue. Every race group has an underclass where crime is a means to make money. However, in the black Americans underworld, the gangster is important because the black gangster puts fear into the black thug because of his community values and the less police in the community, the better. So he kept the black thug in check. No robbing citizens of the community without consequences. No terrorizing innocent civilians or of the community without consequences. The black gangster kept the community safe because his crime was organized. And he was much more powerful than the black thug. Let's continue. It was always harder for police to lock up many black gangsters in this era because the black community didn't snitch on them and the community didn't snitch on them because they generally didn't always agree with what they did. But they knew the black gangster was a gentleman and he kept the community safe from the black thug who they feared would raise terror in the community without the black gangster present. That's Frank Lucas. Okay, I'm dying to hear you guys' comments, but let me get this, let me knock this thread out. Malcolm Little was a thug. He pimped women in the community. He sold drugs in the community. He robbed the community. While doing a bid, he got hip to the knowledge from an inmate, and he fell in love with the knowledge, and he would later join the Nation of Islam. Where would he eventually get out of prison and try to save young black men headed into black thug culture let's continue was it a fly my wife was under attack from in, from a flying insect I let in oh my gosh yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a fast mover anywho going to war oh, that's, that's over here oh I'm sorry you guys this is the part of the show where we spend 10 minutes trying to kill a fly Anywho, going to war with the bloodsuckers of the poor. In this era, the black thug was looked down on by the black community. He was not idolized. He was seen as, as a sellout to his race. An embarrassment. Lord have mercy. This woman is. <laughs> and in this era, black groups like the Panthers would rob black thugs and pimps 
and bring the money back to the children and the elders. Not looking for outside help from nobody, taking matters into their own hands, cleaning up their communities, their, their communities trash. The NOI would introduce the black thug or the black prostitute to knowledge of self and discipline, and they would become whole new people. Let's keep it going. The word woke actually comes from Elijah Muhammad and in his teachings, the black man and the black woman in North America were and are a dead people mentally until they get knowledge of self, knowledge of your history, your diet, love for yourself, your people, discipline from drugs, street life, etc. Until you get that knowledge of self, the black man and woman are dead. When they receive this knowledge and fully accept it and fix their behavior, they are now awoke. Right wing politicians seen commercially woke left wing politician black folks use the term publicly and then and then they took the term that they were using wrong and made a political slur. Same way black people turned the conscious word Imhotep or Hotep a peace greeting and made it a slur to use on each other. Pay attention. Ain't that what we call black pro blacks? We call them Hoteps out of out of disrespect. Right? Let's continue. Someone said, just pump right into the air vents and everything will work itself out. I am five as a fool. <laughs> right? <laughs> Let's continue. The lesson is keep the knowledge hidden. It's power in the unseen. Let's continue. In the 90s film, Original Gangsters, the film is about gangsters from the past coming back to their home in Gary, Indiana and purging the community of thugs who have overran this black community and began to hold good black citizens of the community hostage by the thug culture and lack of respect for anybody, children, and elderly. Okay, let's continue. Let's continue. The American Italian is a conservative people, very family-oriented and very prideful of their culture. So when it came to the underworld, the presence was still shown naturally. But in this underworld, organized crime has always reigned supreme. The Italian thug is always in fear and respect of the Italian gangster. So as Gotti rose through the ranks of the Italian mob, he made kept the community in check. The kids and elderly admired him and the thugs feared him. He was a gentleman to civilians. He was a family man. Nothing went on in his, in his community without him knowing first. Let's continue. When the feds finally took Gotti down, his own community was sad and scared because the gangster kept the community safe. He kept the thugs in line. He kept the crime out of his community. He gave out business loans. He had cops under control. Kids and elderly people didn't have to fear the thugs terrorizing them. When he was finally put away, the community was in fear that now the thug could harm them. Let's, let's get into this. And let's get into this. And they're taking over this neighborhood. And when John Gotti was there, you know, this wasn't happening. You know, he kept it in check and stuff like that. So when you, this, this I think has ramifications as far as like world terrorism and stuff like that, because you have a lot of foreign nationals coming in that are illegal aliens, you know, because you have to understand, with Gotti, 
all of the people that were here were citizens of the United States and they aspired to the American dream. And you think uh, if Gotti was aspiring to the American dream? How's the how's neighborhood changed since he's, he's been in, in, was in prison? Oh, it's going downhill big time. Really? It really is, yes. What do you think about the, uh, the turnout? the turnout here and just John Gotti the man in general because if you give an overall overview. I respect and they're taking over this neighborhood alright my bad okay now let's get back to the let me get to the second clip a, a hero your uh, thanks John uh, hat on thanks John who Gotti who else okay let's continue let's continue a gangster is a community hero to many. Let's not romanticize. However, it's a bottom class and every race or, or group of people. But even if you disagree with criminality of any sort, you could at least respect a gangster who keeps regular civilians who are not in the game participating safe and one that is prideful in his community and displays class in public. This is one of the reasons why the American public fell in love with the Italian gangster and not the Italian thug. Let's go. Let's get into this. Made one of the club patrons. Oh, wait, shit. Damn it. Made one of the club patrons so angry he tore it down. On Mulberry Street, loyalty to the Don is strong. They wanted him at any cost, and they got him at any cost. He was the best guy around. What about the people he murdered? What murder? So Gotti may be convicted, but to some people, he is still beloved. To some people, he is still the Teflon Don. John Gotti's neighborhood is a special place. He's the most well-known man in the neighborhood and a sort of guardian of the place. The Don's home turf is Howard Beach, Queens, an ordinary neighborhood that is pretty extraordinary because that's where John Gotti lived. Okay, okay. Let's get to the next clip. So, whether you liked him or you didn't, she just had to respect him. So, whether you liked him or you didn't, she just had to respect him. All right, now these are the people of his community. All right, now, I mean, it's a small sample size, but... Let's continue. Let's continue. Bumpy was from the old era of the gangster. He, he was took in by many of the Italian gangsters. They shared many conversations. They were both prideful in their community, but this was the split. The Italian mob controlled the heroin and they wanted to keep it uh, of their communities or out of their communities. So they have sold it to black gangsters who later would flood it into black communities. Bumpy didn't like that, but he had no other plug. Frank Matthews and, and uh, Frank Matthews and Frank Lucas would later go around the time. Yeah, Sergeant Willie P, right? Sergeant Willie P is the one that actually was was the man, not Frank Lucas. But uh, that's another story for another day. Uh, would later go around the Italian mob and not use them as the plug, so they couldn't be controlled by the Italian gangsters. The black and Italian gangsters had several things in common in this era, except the black gangster would sell poison in his own community. And the black and Italian gangsters have... Oh, shit. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. Okay. But uh, let's see. Shit. Okay. And many of the Italian gangsters did not agree with that because of the damage it would do to Italian family dynamic and the prison time it carried. As seen in the classic Godfather film, the harsh famous quote by the Italian gangsters at the sit down with the five families keep drugs away from our people and sell it to the dark people. Let them sell it to each other. They are animals anyway. Let's continue. 
One of the most underrated film scenes in cinema history. I don't know about all of that, but uh, Armand Asante and Denzel Washington. Okay, it was a miss in in to include. I'm sorry. Okay, here you go. I feel untouchables. Oh, wait, come on, what? How does you mean? Okay, shit, man, fuck all this. Okay, ain't talking about shit. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I'm sorry. My bad. What the hell? You're attacked. All right, here we go. Since the mid '80s, Black American inner cities have been overtaken by the Black Thug. Ever since, uh, especially since thug rap dictates the culture, i.e. Tupac. The black thug has held good black American citizens hostage and recruited good black youth to turn the thug culture, i.e. Tupac. Pimped black girls out, started its own version of Jim Crow, harassing other black people not from these areas and caused fear in their own community. As a youth, okay, you just about choosing, okay, 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 thousands of black children and innocent victims are, a- are killed accidentally yearly because they are caught in the middle of the wild, wild west thug culture. It's not gangster, it's not organized, it's cowardly and animalistic. Let's continue. Here's the truth good black Americans in inner cities begged the government to help them out because they were being held hostage by black thug culture. And since not enough black Americans could step up enough to clean their own community, many tried and still try, the government finally created laws that were strict on black thug culture. And many black people applauded the law and agreed that these, were th- that these thugs were predators to their own community. But later down the road, many blacks in the suburbs had a different view and saw these laws as too strict and made to target black youth. Okay. Uh oh. Here we go. Uh, that's some kind of Kali Muhammad. Okay, no, 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 no. Okay, let's get to this. Uh, closing statement The gangster keeps community safe from the thug. The gangster is tapped in with the community and the culture. He's a family man, he's a man of respect and knowledge. When he's in the community, it's a safer place for everyone except the thug. Our community must purge itself out of the thug culture, which has plagued us for decades. Many more black children will be victims. Many more black women will be victims. Many good black kids will stray the path. If we want to save the baby's future and bring the family unit back, good luck with that, and earn our women's respect again, good luck with that, start with your tribe now. Nobody will fix it for us. It's on us. Okay? Uh Uh-oh. This is interesting. Let's go. Sidebar, Hove represents the black gangster of the hip-hop community. He doesn't represent thug culture anymore. Hove moves like a gangster. He's hard to get close to. The thugs respect him. He has connections to presidents and governors. He's a family man. He speaks well. He's intelligent. He's connected to black conscious leaders. He puts up money to help younger rappers fight the judicial system. He's connected to official street guys, and he's cleaned them up and put them in position to be legit family men also. Okay, what say y'all? Let me run it back. What say you guys to this? You can pull it back, pull it back. Okay. What say you guys? Stockholm, Stockholm Syndrome. Hey, okay, so you guys pretty much disagree. 
you guys pretty much disagree. Are you guys, not Pookie and Ray, but Joey and Paulie? That is funny. Okay. Okay. What? I watch General Hospital every day. Yo, old girl from General Hospital died. Jackie. Like, she's been on it forever. She died at what? She was like 70? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, y'all pretty much disagree. <laughs> so, y'all pretty much disagree. Okay. Okay. I, hey, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just here to get you guys uh, oh, wait, 145 in the chat, only 50 likes. Ooh, that's pretty bad. That is bad. Damn. Only 50 likes. That's okay. I mean, I, I don't want to turn into that content. Hit the like. I don't want to turn into that. I don't want to be that. Yeah. He's a horrible businessman. Like Jay-Z is the worst businessman like ever, 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 ever. Okay, so y'all pretty much disagree with that thread, and that's cool. I'm, I'm, I have no, I have no opinion on it. I just want to get you guys' thoughts on it. Okay, where do I go from here? Where do I go from here? You know what? Let's talk Haney Lomachenko. Yeah, let's talk Haney Lomachenko. I watched the fight twice. I watched the fight twice. First thought. First, I first watched the fight. I immediately thought it should have been a draw. Okay. I, I, when I first watched the fight, I immediately thought it should have been a draw. Upon second review of the fight, it should have been a split decision to Haney. This this fight for Haney is clearly his his uh I guess his it's his coming to Jesus moment like yeah it's time for you to lead his division because you, he he clearly gassed out in the last two rounds because of the the weight cuts because he walks around at one fifty one fifty five and he has to cut twenty pounds to make the one thirty five um weight. Requ- weight requir- requirement when Shakur when Shakur Stevenson and Devin Hanley finally lock horns Shakur is going to mollywop Devin Haney Devin Haney has no power not one time was Lomachenko hurt in that fight my only gripe with Lomachenko is he just didn't push he didn't press the, the gas all the way through every round he should have been pressuring him every round and there was one point where you saw concern in Devin Haney's corner because at one point I think it was like the third round and the fifth round Lomachenko kind of like figured him out and was putting pressure on him and and Dane and Devin was having troubles adjusting so Devin's going to leave 135 to go to 140. Shakur's going to be right behind him. I think Shakur cleans up the 135 division. Like, there's nobody really touching um, Shakur Stevenson at 135. And if I put him against Tank, I would have him beating Tank 
if he fights his fight, he would outpoint Tank. But if Tank catches him one time with Tank's power, it'll be a problem. But Shakur, hands down, is the best boxer. 135, 130, 140. Skill set wise, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. He, he will dog walk Devin Haney when they eventually square off without question. If you, if you watch boxing, you, what I'm saying is, is right. Haney does not have a, no, Haney cannot beat Shakur Stevenson. Now Shakur Stevenson versus Tank is a better fight for me because if, if, if Shakur fights his fight, he beats Tank. He beats Tank. He beats Tank. Tank has knockout power. That's Tank's only saving grace. All right. Okay. Now, why am I bringing up Haney Lomachenko? You ain't heard Molly Wap. Yeah, that's my word. Molly Wap. Yeah. I'm old. I'm not, I'm not watching boxing until Spence Crawford. That's, that's not going to happen. Man, listen, if it don't happen this year, it ain't going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, if they don't fight this year, let it go. Let it go. Matter of fact, Bud, <laughs> Bud hasn't. I'd rather see Bud fight Keith Thurman. I don't know shit. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Bud ain't fought, ain't fought anybody. Right? Bud ain't really fought anybody. Bud has, Bud has not cleared out no divisions in what he's, what he's been in. Right? Like, Bud should have been cleaned out the 140 division. You know, clean, went to 140. Come on, he should have been cleaning out divisions. Man, he should have had multiple straps. Should have had multiple straps. So why am I, and this is why I bring up, this is why I bring up the boxing. Now say what you want about Floyd. I don't care what y'all say. Now, even I didn't know this. Now I did know that he beat more world, world champs and number one contenders than anybody. I didn't know he fought these motherfuckers back all in a row. All these guys are world, former world champs. I don't care what you say, how old they were and they lost a step. They were former world champions. All right. He beat the best of the best, right? Some people like to say well, Shane Mosley was, was past his prime. Yeah, you know how many times Shane Mosley hurt Floyd in that fight? Go rewatch that Shane Mosley-Floyd fight. Shane hurt Floyd numerous times in that fight. Numerous times. He, Shane, he wasn't past his prime then, right? <laughs> Look at all these people he's beat. Hey, yes, super impressive. These, these, everybody's a, a former world champ, right? None of these guys are slouches. None of these guys are slouches. He's not ready for Shakur. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, yeah. Listen, Shakur, Shakur, <laughs> lead, leave, kill Haney all night. <laughs> yeah, see. And and and, and, and I wish Lomachenko had pressed had pressed it from round one to round twelve. If he'd have been just all gas all the way through, I'd have gave it to him. But I had I had Loma winning five to six rounds, but there was those other rounds that, you know, he kind of let off the gas, I I, I believe, he, he, you know. And it should have been either a draw or, or a split decision to Haney, not unanimous. There's no one scorecard had 116-112 Haney. Like, where? What fight were they watching? You know? And I get it, the politics – you want to see um, uh, uh, undefeated Shakur versus undefeated Haney? I get it. I get it. But, yo, Shakur Stevenson, hands down, is the best talent. 
next to Errol Spence. Okay, wait. Errol, you got Spence, the Charlo brothers. I still put Boo Boo and Andrade up there because he he's still a threat. And you know, and then you you meant you you throw Shakur Stevenson in there. You know, I mean, you got you got to mention Bud. Bud is a, is an is an immense talent, but he ain't really fought nobody. Let's let's keep that a buck. You know, hell yeah. <laughs> Is a couple rounds that he, you know, you saw Floyd holding on for dear life. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Listen, put, yeah, put respect on Floyd Mayweather. I don't know why people just, oh, like it's so easy to hate. And I'm like, what's there to hate? Like this dude, you know. Okay. I'm over that. I'm over that. Okay. Okay. Trash. Let's, let's, let's switch gears. Now, as y'all know, I do have friends in Atlanta that work. Okay. So there have and so they have their own community. They have their own community. And they've compiled a list of workers to watch out for. Okay. They put out a list of people who not to work for or work with in the sex industry. All right. Can I, can I, can I blow this up? You gonna let me blow it up? You gonna let me blow it up? Nope. Zoom. You gonna let me zoom? Zoom. Okay. Let me zoom in some more. Oh shit. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Now, once again, I'm cool with people that are cool with people that are cool with people that, you know, do that work in certain industries. Now, this is the new list that's coming out of who not to work with or to be careful of. Now, some of these people you may not know, some of these people you may know, but unless you're into that stuff, you probably don't know who these people are, but let's, let's, let's go over this list. Anton Harden disrespected boundaries was excessively rough Refused to listen to tap out signs mentioned by at least Maddie may for her most recent black, black raw scene, as well as Lulu Chu, Rod Piper, Leah Gotti got a protection order against him for beating her up. He went to jail for a half a year for this. Also accused of forcing a model to smoke meth at gunpoint. Net video girls. This is a company history of predatory behavior. Ignoring the ability of performers to stop scenes and pushing for additional acts like anal during the middle of scenes. Okay. Anthony, the producer has been noted as being aggressive and demanding. Ryan Madison forced cream pies acts that were not agreed to beforehand. Very rough. Also been accused of grape. Too many girls to name have accused him. Lulu Chu specifically came out years ago saying he hit them until they passed out. Annabelle Red said he assaulted her. Jay Romero groped without consent, refused to apologize, accused by Alina Che. Uh, update multiple complaints of excessive force, forced anal. Jack Slayer described as a serial, <laughs> serial assaulter with pattern of attempting to have sex with performers while they were sleep offset. Multiple accusations, including from Jackie O. Brad Newman, also described as a serial assaulter, 
uh, the company Dick Drainers forced cream pies. Now, I remember there was a site many, 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 many years ago. And what they would do is they would find these women, these new women, right? And they would, they would say, okay, you, you cream pie in the beginning? They'd be like, no, no cream pie. And the guy would still nut in these women. And they would record the whole thing. And the chick is like, I told you not to, not to nut in me. Oh, my God. And they, the, the, the sheer terror on their faces when they discovered you know, and the guy's like, oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. Like, I forget what site that was, but this was years ago. And I didn't realize this was still a thing like that. This is still a thing. Like, forced cream pies is still a thing. Let's continue. Pierre Woodman, described as generally exploitative, exploitive of new performers and coercive. Um, okay, Manuel Ferreira, accused of violating boundaries against anal by Annabelle Red. Jamie Knox, also accused of violating boundaries against anal by Annabelle Red. <laughs> Ron Jeremy, okay, say less. Uh, legal porno accused of assaulting by uh, Alex Harper, ATK. Inappropriate advances by producer, according to Kylie Page, backed up by Anna Fox and Leah Gotti. Update, one of the directors gave model genital herpes that he knew he had. Another, Kim Nielsen had unprotected unpaid sex with girls off camera when he had an STD. Dex Blue accused of being physically violent towards women. Okay, so another update. Joshua Lewis allegedly gave two models gonorrhea and lied about it. Chris Stokes said they have attempted to pressure model into anal. Uh, allegedly stole $1,500 from Saya Song. Chef from Disciples of Desire accused of being an assaulter. Marcus Dupree. Now he's, everybody knows who he is. Marcus Dupree. Um, accused of an abuse and assault by August Ames. Tommy Wood, accused of brutally beating up actress Heather Vaughn. Now, this is where the, some of the women come in. Lily Cade, lesbian star, allegedly forced attempt penetration with a strap-on as well as aggressively fingering models without their consent, sometimes to the point of bleeding. Aspen, primarily gay model, accused of threatening to kill model himself and others beat up multiple women okay let me get to the second part of the list is that it is this the second part okay here we go you zoom 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 in zoom in there we go okay aspen aspen okay club 17 forced rimming james dean Accused of assault, beating women, explicitly going against models' boundaries, punched uh, Yeevee in the stomach multiple times during a scene when that was her main limit. T-Real, forced ribbing, non-consensual groping. Marilyn Mason, female star accused of assault, uh, assault and uh, extra assault, stranding models in the middle of nowhere by Sydney Screams. Uh-oh, everybody's favorite ghetto gaggers. <laughs> everybody's favorite ghetto gaggers. Male talent includes neo-Nazis and people arrested for domestic terrorism, forced girls to return for second shoots under significant threats, withdrawals, payments, and flights if certain acts are refused during scenes, ignores safe words. Y'all be careful out here. Johnny, good luck. Allegedly penetrated model while she was sleeping. Tony Martinez, aggressive with, while high on coke. Tony Rebus bit a model very hard to the point of bruising during a non-rough scene. Jack Ripper allegedly released a video of his ex sucking him off in front of a child and also attempted to blackmail and threaten a model. Filthy Rich, 
made models pay higher rents because they wouldn't uh, have sex with them off camera. Eric Everhard allegedly forced a model to not use any lube during a scene. Tony Francisco refused to use lube and continued to have sex with model when she was uncomfortable and hurting. As well as when he had an open wound on his phallus. Jo- uh, Joven Jordan forced model to drink excessive bottles of Ensure to induce vomiting during scene when she did not want to. He hit her in the face repeatedly when that was her main limit. Javi Buchanan, accused by many of sexual assault, allegedly injured a model so bad she, that she can no longer have vaginal sex, threatens to sue everyone who comes out. Uh, Bang Bros started sleeping with model's mother. Was really weird about it and creepy to her allegedly sexually assaulted the same model. Rome Major slapped a model's face with his phallus repeatedly in her sleep. Axel Braun allegedly attempted to choke out male model. Brian Gosling forced vomiting when agreed not to refuse to pay entire payment to models. Primal Fetish accused many times of emotional and verbal abuse as well as inserting acts that were not agreed to. Once again, if you're in that community, you know of that list. And that list is constantly updated. So shout out to, to the folks that pass it on to me. It's like, yo, Sly, can you talk about this? I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. How many people on that list? A lot. You see? Right? right it's crazy all right all right okay okay once again if that list gets updated and i get it gets passed on to me i'll 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 continue to do updates so that's not a problem but yeah this is why you know ladies be careful men too you know even men get assaulted in, in this business all right where do i go from here where do i go from here you know what let's do bad dads Let's do bad dads. This is okay. So the show is from Macy and Marsaw. This is Marsaw's. So dad, they stay, the kids are staying home with dad. This is, um, this is, this is weird, but let's continue. You're a grown man. You can cook. I don't know how to use the oven. What do you need the oven for? Pancakes. You don't cook pancakes in the oven, man. All right, give me a second, man. I think it's honestly almost a little irresponsible for Tisha to leave me at home with the kids by myself. This man just said it's irresponsible of his wife to leave him home with his own children. This man just said his wife... (laughs) You know what? Come on, let's, let's continue. Like, does she love these kids? We ran out of pancake juice. So, Mimi, what do you... Pancake juice. What? So, I want pancakes. Pancakes? How about if I cook cereal or eggs? I want pancakes. Well, we got eggs. I may have put too much oil in this. This man is inept. This man is, this father is inept. 
See, well, thank you for the five hundred super chat. Support the super slash superhero fund. Hashtag save the workers. Oh shoot! I hate these state TV shows. They make black people look bad in every light, and they love doing it. Yes, niggas love to watch. Yes, yes, yes. What Cass said? Throw the whole man away, child. How do you cook cereal? How do you cook cereal? This is very real, bro. Let's do this. Let's keep going. <laughs> you want waffle? Yes, sir. Why don't you just get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? What? I found out that MJ's allergic to peanut butter, which is weird. Macy, you want some uh, waffles? Come here. Like, what kind of woman leaves the dad at home by themselves with You know what? I, I place a wager. In five years, these people are divorced. I don't even know these people, but in five years, I guarantee they're divorced. The kids. Yay! Is this man openly complaining about being left at home with his children? Like, nigga, like, they're your children. <laughs> Nick, thank you for the 200 Super Chat. It's scripted to make us look bad. and inept- Yeah, and the fact that he's going through with this. I would never have myself shown in, in such a negative light. Are you kidding me? Mason, do you like syrup? You don't like waffles? So why'd you have to make these waffles if you didn't want them? You said you want waffles like that. Mm-mm. I didn't hear you. What do you want? You want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I just take eggs. You like eggs? Oh, my God. Wow. So this show is called... You're a grown man. Hold on, hold on. This show is called Love and Marriage Huntsville. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. This actor represents a Bernie Mac episode. Uncle Bernie! <laughs> What's up, baby girl? Uncle Bernie, I'm hungry! Okay, baby girl, what you want? What you what you want to eat? I'm hungry, Uncle Bernie! Vanessa, Nessa, Nessa, get in here, cook baby girl something. Nessa, I'm hungry, Uncle Bernie. <laughs> there, you couldn't pay me to act this, this inept. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah, making us look bad. Yeah, I mean, shit. Come on, marriage guys. Married guys already got a bad rep as is, man. Uncle Bernie. Okay, baby girl, hold on. Nessa! <laughs> All right. <laughs> Where is it? him downstairs? <laughs> and wants some milk and cookie. <laughs> I got to watch that again. I got to go back and watch Kings of Comedy. Okay, Atlanta. Getting, in, getting the migrant money. Atlanta is getting the migrant money. Matter of fact, how can we get some mic? You know what you, you know what they used to call them, right? They used to call them illegal aliens, right? Remember when they used to call these people illegal aliens, right? And then it, it then it switched to illegal immigrants. Now they're being called either refugees or migrants. I grew up in a time 
when these people were called illegal aliens. Okay? It's not that far off. It's not that far off. Atlanta getting his migrant money. Images of desperate families making a long and dangerous walk to flee their countries have been all over the news. And it's only intensified the political debate over border security. Well, now Atlanta has secured $7 million that the mayor will use to offset the financial impact of migrants trying to relocate here. Alfox Size Morse Diggs joins us now with the latest on the preparations. Morse? Well, governments apply for grants all the time. Sometimes it's a public safety grant or a housing grant. This one the city has received is for a special circumstance, the border overflows that can tax the city's resources, even big ones. The president and other leaders can issue warnings about crossing the U.S. border, but desperate migrants gamble. America is not open to people who are trying to come here illegally. A frustrated Texas leader complained loudly and the governor was among Southern officials who took the provocative step of busing migrants north. Why not, they told reporters, let big city mayors share the burden of hosting unpredictable numbers that make it to the U.S. alive. We started to see the flow come from Texas and other parts of the country. Oh. We realized that there was a lack of coordination on the city level. The Atlanta mayor saw what was happening and in March directed aides to prepare. About 10,000 individuals may seek, you know, Georgia out as their uh, place of residence. And of course, if they're coming to Georgia, they're more than likely uh, going to be coming to the most urban areas. Atlanta applied for resettlement funds for shelter, food, and other related costs should some of the predicted numbers end up right here. The request was successful. Nearly $7 million has been awarded. Regardless of how you feel about the current state of immigration, uh, you know, you we still have to be prepared so that we're not having uh, some of the chaos like what, what we've seen in some of the other major cities around the country, like New York and Chicago. Now, Atlanta will select several service organizations that have the expertise to deal with the unsheltered population. They, are, will, be, they will be in line to get some of that $7 million to help the city deal with however many number of folks wind up here. From Northeast Atlanta, I'm Morse Diggs, Fox 5 News. I wonder what you got to do to file for a, re a resettlement fund to get a piece of that money to help out the migrants. What all you, would you have to do? Is like is that the, like the new form of a government contract now? Resettlement fund? Yeah, this that's crazy. All right. Let's get to Baltimore Chucky. Well, they called him you know, he, Purple Rainera, but he was called Hot Boy Chucky. And he's from Baltimore. And this is pretty sad. Let's get into his last messages. Oh, come on. Are you serious? It's not going to open? Oh, I like this by the sun. Hold up. Couldn't open an unknown era. And shoot. Let me see. Oh man, is it not gonna let me play? Okay. 
You know what? I got it. I got it. I got it. So, yeah, this was Hot Boy Chucky. If you followed him on Instagram, um, pretty popular with the Ravens in, in Baltimore. Um, self-deletion, y'all. Self-deletion. He left final messages for everybody. And uh, before I get into it, uh, shout out to uh, Linda with a five and a cash app. Thank you. All right, so let's get into what happened to uh, Hot Boy Chucky. All right, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Okay. All right, so he's a huge sports fan. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay. So a Twitter user, Purple Rainera, on Saturday posted this for, oh, so this is the tweet that he was letting everybody know. It says, sorry, gang, I hope the Ravens do well, but this will be my last tweet from me. Thanks for all the debates and laughs. Okay. And then, you know, it says anyone suffering, uh, that suffers from uh, mental, with mental health, never forget that there's a uh, prevention hotline available for you and your loved ones. Right. So this is the day everybody, where it came out that he took, you know, self-deleted. Okay. But the messages he left are very, very, very telling. Uh, not much is known about Purple Rainera except that his real name was apparently Chuck. He had two sons. He had two sons. And he went by the name Hot Boy Chucky on Instagram. Uh, let's see. According to his Instagram, he had been apparently living with a Baltimore-based entrepreneur and influencer, Stephanie Sky. Uh, he was found. He uh, self-deleted himself. He's at shock trauma. Please pray for a healing and restoration. Now, those are his two boys. And that's what she posted. You are so loved. You won't be forgotten. I love you. I miss you. Okay. And the Baltimore Ravens issued a statement. Let's get to his messages, y'all. So Purple Rainer had also foreshadowed his uh, self-deletion via Instagram stories saying he had been dealing with a multitude of problems, including the death of a friend he called Black Dev, a recurring gambling problem, and a troubled past with his father. He says, before I, let, before I go, I want y'all to know I closed myself off to the world when Dev died. Y'all ain't deserved that. And I had, then I don't have many friends. I hated black, but always believed everybody deserved a second chance. Black made me feel so happy when he worked with me, like he turned his life around and we was just happy to be banging. The day I made this known store got hit because of me for money, phones. I don't know. You name it. We charged that, that bitch ass nigga with a and a lucky shot took my dog. Eventually fought this nigga. With a gun off, nigga wasn't big. Locked up now. I wish he was dead, but life just been ass after Dev and Black's departure. I can't handle this this BS. I've had fun on social media, so many laughs, but I've suffered from a real bad gambling addiction and not adapting to reality. I don't know how the fuck y'all making little money. I was never rich, rich. Had 60K cash. That was my peak. But from being lonely and spiraling and shit, from losing my baby mom, um, losing my baby mom to man, I, I still don't understand us breaking up. Oh, to losing two of my closest five homeboys, this life shit ass. I love my boys, but I can't do this shit no more. Cutting hair, fun, 
Um, but I'm used to making way more money, way more money a week. This shit huff. I never thought the phone game uh came to an end, but it finally did. And I've been trying to live regular, but I can't. I want to make the money I've been making. I want to have the fun I usually have. Uh, even though I'm addicted and it's fucked up saying this, I want to gamble how I used to gamble. Money aside, people matter. More than I thought, Nutty, you suck as a father. We'd probably be millionaires if you just knew how to take a fucking backseat, bro. From the parties to the clothing line, that shit you pulled when I got street runners made me resent you. I trusted you, dog. I really did. I believe you love me, but I always resent you for that. On top of that, you never check up on me, dog. How, you always worrying about how I can make you money, my nigga. Always Thanksgiving. Business proposal. Christmas business proposal. Nigga, even my B-Day business proposal. My nigga, just be a father for once. Goddamn. Never knew where I was mentally or financially, even as a kid. And that was it. And uh yeah, he he ended it. So hey, I mean shit. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace to this, you know, hopefully he finds peace. I feel bad for his sons, man, you know? So Okay. Uh oh, Atlanta needs new workers who will show up and work, not smell like weed, see? Lord have mercy. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Okay. They flooded PG County. They've been coming through deep in the DMV. I'm glad I live in West Georgia. I mean, trust, they already seen a lot of people get pushed out. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen. Buckhead about, Buckhead about to be real different, different. Buckhead about to be real different, different in a minute. Right? Okay. Oh, I have this IG story. I I got it. I got to re-download it because it wouldn't let me. I, yeah, I, I was listening to it earlier today when he was actually on an IG on his IG live. So this shit is sad, man. It's sad. Okay. Let me pull this back. That's sad. Um, <laughs> let's do that. Okay. What topics do I got to cover still? Got that. Chucky porn, Atlanta, Isaiah, useless dad. You know, I could end this right now. I mean, no, I got one more. Let's do one more story. This woman's name is, this is old, but I didn't know this. Omema Ari Nelson. Omema. Ari Nelson. Listen. I don't need to tell y'all there are real live demons uh, disguised in meat suits out here. What this woman did was... <sighs> Man, let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. Let's get right into it. You must know how to cook. No food. You must know how to set her table attractively. This woman here, when she I tell y'all. Warning. 
This story contains extremely heavy themes. Yes, okay. Omaima was an Egyptian immigrant who came to the United States when she was just 18 years old. She had the intelligence, and she certainly had the looks, but her pursuit of the American dream ended in a cruel American nightmare. This is the story of how a beautiful, intelligent, and damaged woman devolved into a life of sugar daddies, misery, and eventually, devastating murder. I'm Mr. Black, and this is The Disturbing Truth. Omaima was born in 1968 near the Sudanese border in southern Egypt. She was raised in a rural area rooted in extreme poverty. Omaima grew up in a relentlessly volatile household. Her father was an abusive man who was cruel and sexually deviant to both his wife and children. Uh -oh. In her youth, she was forced to undergo female genital mutilation, which, as you can probably imagine, made intercourse unbearable and uncomfortable for the rest of her life. FGM, as it's called, is a traumatic and barbaric procedure that involves the use of primitive tools to remove the parts of female anatomy that stimulate sexual satisfaction. This is often done without... Basically, they, they cut off the clitoris. They, they remove the clitoris. But yeah, I mean, we all know this, but let's continue, let's continue. Any anesthetics. And this horrible act was performed on Omaima when she was only seven years old. Eventually, Omaima's mother gathered up the courage to leave Omaima's cruel father. She took her family and relocated to the City of the Dead, a ghetto in Cairo surrounded by graveyards. Contradictory to its name, the City of the Dead used to be a peaceful area, but in recent times, it has expanded into one of Cairo's largest and most dilapidated slums. The actual population of those who live in the city is unknown. However, it's estimated that there are over one million people residing there, rubbing shoulders, united in despair. Omaima, for a time, was one of them. Despite a rocky start in life, there's no denying that Omaima physically blossomed. Mm -hmm. She was stunning. Then when she was 18, she met and fell in love with an oil worker from the United States. Okay. Omaima's family pushed her to get married, and of course, the young woman consented without hesitation. Mm -hmm. Omaima and the American wed in 1986, okay. and then she moved to the state of Texas to be with him. Yeah. But it was happily never after, as the rushed marriage swiftly fell apart for unknown reasons. Omaima, still just 18, was now alone in America, low on funds, and possessed little knowledge of the English language. She decided her best option for potential stability was to meet men in bars. As a matter of fact, it was her only option, other than heading back to Cairo. But Omaima wasn't even going to consider that. So, she kept on keeping on. She didn't really have many job abilities, but she scraped by as a nanny, maid, and other odd jobs that paid cash in hand for work. Omaima's beauty eventually led to her being employed as a part-time model, and this helped pay the rent for a bit. But after a while, she got sick of relying solely on her appearance to land a few one-time beauty jobs, so she started looking for other ways to secure some income. Then at some point, Omaima's means to earn took a criminal turn. She had a series of relationships with men for the purpose of defrauding them of money. She'd do this over and over, going from man to man and town to town. As it escalated, she began to buy- Wait, what? Still practicing Malaysia? They hold baby showers for the girls' babies to celebrate cutting the clip. Oh my god. That's horrible. That's horrible. Cheesy Pete. Find up her unsuspecting victims and threaten them with a shotgun while robbing them. Her ex-boyfriend Robert Hansen could tell you exactly what it's like staring down the double barrel of Omaima's wrath. Okay. While tied to a chair. As soon as Omaima got what she wanted, she was gone, spending the money and looking for her next victim. She was cold, brave, and brutal, 
but she sure as shit didn't appear to be losing any sleep over her actions. Of course not. In 1991, at the age of 23, Omaima eventually made her way west to Orange County, Orange California, County. where she met her ultimate target, Bill Nelson. The pair met while playing pool in a bar. Bill was a 56-year-old Texan, and a big one at that, standing six foot four inches and weighing around 230 pounds. He was a former pilot who got fired after he was convicted of smuggling marijuana and electronics to or from Mexico. He ended up spending some time in federal prison for his crimes too. But even with at least one felony conviction, Bill was known as a decent guy with plenty of people willing to vouch for his character in the name of civility. After Bill got out of jail, he too headed out to Orange County in search of a new life and even managed to bag himself a job at a mortgage company. He liked to brag about all the land he owned in Texas and was fond of flashing a bit of cash here and there to get what he wanted. Bill was also the father of five children and the grandfather of 17 grandkids. Holy Omaima was drawn to older men for a variety of reasons, one being that she believed they would treat her better. I'd also imagine they were prone to have a little more wealth, and I'm sure... Wait, I'm sorry to stop this. Martina said, I was invited. I was asked to hold the baby. I was told to be careful as she was still healing. Oh, my God. That's horrible. That's terrible. That is terrible. Omaima liked that, too. Once she knew Bill Nelson was the proud owner of a red Corvette, I imagine she thought she hit the jackpot. Mm -hmm. Bill was wearing red cowboy boots the night they met. His colorful big character ran parallel to the huge belt buckle he donned like it was some form of clearance. Bill told Omaima that he owned a huge cattle ranch in Texas. Omaima wanted to be taken care of, and it seemed like Bill Nelson was her type, an older man with supply. The new lovers clicked right away and were so enamored with one another that they tied the knot just a month after meeting. They weren't interested in making wedding plans or wasting time. They had a telephone ceremony conducted by an Egyptian priest and then apparently drove straight to Phoenix where they found a justice of peace and made it all official. Next, the newlyweds took a road trip to Texas and Arkansas for their honeymoon, during which Bill introduced Omaima to his family. She was seen to be a tough, no-nonsense type of character. She even suffered a nasty fall off a horse on the trip. It was bad enough that everyone thought she should seek medical attention, but word is she took some aspirin, sank some vodka, and kept right on going. One of Bill's daughters even said, that gal is one tough cookie. After a few weeks on the road, flying high on new love, the couple returned to Bill's apartment in Costa Mesa to get settled in and began a fresh new life together. Bill even called his daughter Margaret around this time to tell her how well everything was going between him and his new wife. Yeah, man, listen. Can't trust anybody. DTA, don't trust anybody. He was gearing up for the couple's first Thanksgiving feast, and it seemed life just couldn't be going any better. Bill asked his daughter to join them, but Margaret declined the invite, and that was the last time she ever spoke to her father. The mirage of Wonderful began to quickly dissolve on December 1st of 1991, when a man named Jose Esquivel was shaken awake in the early hours of the morning to the sound of a frantic banging on his door. Confused and still coming around to himself, Jose thought it best to look out the window first. There was no one there, but he did spot a parked red Corvette that he'd never seen before. With an uneasy feeling about the situation, and I'm sure wanting to be careful, Jose decided not to answer the late-night knocker pounding on his door. Later that same day at around 1 p.m., a red Corvette returned. The driver again knocked on Jose's door, and this time, he answered. It was Omaima. He didn't know her that well, but he had briefly dated her about a year previously. He was surprised to see her standing there, 
but she was bawling her eyes out, showing him cuts she had sustained to her face and hands. She alleged that her husband had forced himself on her, beaten her, and kept her captive for days at a time. She claimed she was able to free one of her arms, grab a nearby lamp, and beat Bill Nelson to death. She swore this through tears, in the name of self-defense. Omaima also revealed to Jose that she had dismembered Bill's body and put him in trash bags. She said she needed some sort of truck or vehicle to assist her in disposing of the remains. Omaima offered Jose $75,000 and two motorcycles in exchange for his assistance. Jose agreed and told Omaima to wait for him at Bill's apartment while he went to get his truck. But Jose wasn't stupid. As soon as she left, he called 911 and reported Omaima's grim confession to the cops. The police found Bill's car with his new wife in it, and they began questioning Omaima immediately. But she denied ever having told Jose anything. She claimed that Bill was simply in Florida on a business trip. But while Omaima seemed cooperative, the answers she gave when questioned were a little bizarre and even contradicting at times. But what happened next raised the bizarre bar to a whole new level. Officers discovered a suitcase in the car containing human organs. What? Omaima swore the human remains were from someone Bill had killed. Among the body parts was a set of lungs with black spots on them. God damn. Listen. Listen. Like, men kill, but women be taking this shit to... Women take it... Maybe some next-level spiritual shit with a woman. When a woman kill you, she kill your body, mind, and spirit. <laughs> An investigator said that meant the victim was a smoker. Bill was also a smoker. They weren't 100% sure it was him yet, but at that point, they knew they were dealing with a homicide. And as gruesome as it already was, I don't think they were prepared for what they were about to discover. Uh-oh. It was easy enough for the police to get a warrant to search Mr. Nelson's apartment, and that's where they found a number of horrific things. First... There were suitcases. The suitcases were lined with trash bags, and the trash bags were full of more human body parts. Then in the bedroom of Bill's apartment, the mattress was dripping with blood. Each one of the four bedposts were broken too, indicating some kind of struggle. Then the cops discovered a broken lamp and an iron, both of which contained blood, human tissue, and hair. But after that, shit really hit the fan. The bathroom was bad, and, I mean, everything from here on out is bad. So just brace yourself. In the bathroom of Bill Nelson's apartment, suspended above the bathtub, hanging from coat hangers, still bleeding out, was Bill's hollow torso. He had been skinned. I told you it was bad. But then there was the kitchen. And the kitchen was something else. Human hands were found in frying pans, fried together in oil with pieces of white turkey meat. Wow. They found pieces of hip in the trash, too, with other pieces of turkey and cranberry sauce. And then when they looked in the freezer, at first, they thought it was loaded with bags of frozen vegetables. But when they removed the bags at the front, they found a large round object covered in tinfoil. After unwrapping the tinfoil, they realized it was Bill's head. Oh. And to their horror, it had been deep fried. This had all happened three days prior, on Thanksgiving Day. Omaima had claimed she had been held captive by Bill, yet investigators found that he was the one with the marks around his ankles, like he'd been shackled. They weren't sure about his wrists because, well, they couldn't tell due to the injuries they'd sustained. And when Omaima took the R test and it came back negative, 
people really started getting suspicious. But finally, after medical examiners stated that the wounds and the bruises they examined on Omaima's bodies were wounds she'd sustained while, mm. well, cutting something up, mm. she was quickly brought in for questioning and presented with a massive pile of evidence stacked against and, at that point, towering over her. After talking as if Bill was still alive for a while, Omaima knew she was caught and gradually began to reveal more information. Okay, okay. She claimed she had no memory of killing Bill. She said she woke up and found him in the trash bags. She claimed it was demons or something inside her that told her to do what she did. Mm. She even said she had a vision of two blood-covered women that repeatedly told her that Bill had to die. Mm -mm. So, she killed him. But if you ask me, she more than killed him. As investigators reassembled Bill's body, they discovered more grim details about what really happened to him. Oh, it was oh. determined that he died as a result of at least 25 different head wounds. They believe Bill and Omaima had a consensual bondage roleplay session going on in the bedroom, and that's when she convinced Bill to let her tie him up. The cutting of the body was completed with such accuracy that the coroner's office wondered if it was Omaima's first time. Was it possible that she'd done it before? And then when they weighed the human remains and it didn't match the weight on Bill's driver's license, they did some simple addition. Somewhere between 80 and 100 pounds of Bill Nelson was missing. A neighbor reported hearing the garbage disposal running from within the apartment the whole weekend until it finally broke, but investigators began to wonder if Omaima had actually eaten pieces of her new husband. Any beauty credit to Omaima at this stage was being badly outshadowed. Good looks weren't getting her out of this. After her arrest, authorities discovered a pattern of behavior in Omaima's fast-moving past. From wait, wait, conspiracy. <laughs> he said right for question. I I can't. I can't with y'all tonight. I'm not doing this with y'all tonight. Okay, this woman's on... This is what demon time looks like. From the sugar daddies and robberies, to even an instance where Omaima had been previously arrested for shoplifting at pharmacies. Another time, she was stopped by two female security guards in the process of stealing from a department store. When approached, Omaima reportedly snapped and nearly bit off the breast of one of the women. Then when she went for the other one's crotch, she was able to free herself, fleeing for a short time before being captured again. What? The 24-year-old was put on trial for the murder of Bill Nelson on December 2nd of 1992. During the trial, the prosecution called her ex-boyfriend Robert Hansen to the stand. He testified about how she chained him to the bed one night before producing a revolver and demanding he hand over all his money. Luckily for him, he was able to break from his confines and take the gun off Omaima. But he didn't contact the cops because he felt humiliated. He was embarrassed that she got one over on him. Of course. And so, charges were never pressed. The deputy public defender depicted Omaima as a victim who turned on her abuser. He reiterated that his client was innocent. But the deputy district attorney, on the other hand, said she was a predator who was planning to flee the area with Bill's money, credit cards, and his fancy car after she killed him. The trial was marked by gruesome testimony of the horrific details. Omaima told the jury that she stabbed and beat her new husband to death to prevent him from hurting her again. She claimed she freaked out after and went into a trance-like state after the killing. She said she spent 12 hours chopping up the body to make it easier to dispose of. God damn. 12 hours? That's a... <laughs> that's a whole shift. That's a whole work shift. That's, that's a regular shift plus some overtime. <laughs> chopping and cutting sounds were also heard throughout the night coming from inside Bill Nelson's apartment. She also admitted to cooking Bill's hands in order to remove his fingerprints. And she wow. came clean and told them about how she mixed his body parts in with leftover Thanksgiving Day turkey and threw it in the trash. Then to top it all off, 
Bill Nelson was also castrated in another cold act of sheer brutality. Some of this torture probably happened while Bill was alive, and there are rumors that she was planning on feeding Bill to his family. This woman was absolutely evil. Omaima Nelson's psychiatrist classified her as psychotic. His statements painted an even darker glimpse into the mind of Omaima and just how deeply disturbed she truly was. She claimed that during the night-long dissection, she dressed up in a red hat, red high heel shoes, mm. and crimson lipstick as a part of a ritual. Mm. In Egyptian mythology, the warrior goddess for Same Upper thing. Egypt yeah, yeah. is depicted yeah. as a lioness huntress with a bloodlust. Yeah. She's often portrayed as a woman with the head of a lioness. She dresses in the color of blood. Omaima claims she started to believe she was descended from ancient Egyptians. Y'all pay attention. Y'all pay attention. It's women out here that, that are like this. Lord have mercy. She claimed that they communicated with her and acted on her behalf. Despite the lack of any evidence of an assault on Omaima herself, her defense utilized a forensic psychologist to assert that Bill had actually molested her. He was said to have demanded oral sex from her on a daily basis. Apparently, this was coupled by demeaning name-calling. Omaima said Bill would get angry if she didn't follow his instructions. This is what they say apparently drove her insane to the point of believing that ancient Egyptians were aiding her by instructing her to dismember Bill's body and scatter it so he'd be unable to enter the afterlife. Mm. She wanted to make sure Bill wouldn't be waiting for her in heaven. Mm. But if such a place exists, I don't think that's where she's going. But one of the most shocking parts of this story is that Omaima claimed she prepared Bill's ribs in a restaurant-style manner, stating, and I quote, It was so sweet. She elaborated further, I only eat the parts with muscles, particularly thighs and calves, which are my favorite. I mean, I wasn't prepared. I knew it was bad. I wasn't prepared. This is bad. This is bad, bad. Make a very tasty stew with the tongue, and I use the eyes to make a nutritious and healthy soup. Omaima's attorney testified in court about a lifetime of alleged abuse. He claimed she showed evidence of PTSD and described how practically everyone in her family had either beaten, tormented, or assaulted her in one way or another. When Omaima took the stand, she told the court how her husband screamed, I bought you and I'm getting what I paid for, mm. before he forced himself on her. Mm. And she claims that was just one of the multiple times in which he did so. Omaima said she stabbed Bill with the scissors, then grabbed an iron and other weapons to complete his demise. During the trial, Omaima Nelson's assistance was requested in tracking down some missing evidence. The court stated, We're missing about 130 pounds of Bill. Damn. You know where he might have gone? Omaima replied, No, he was all there. She swore to God that she never ate any of Bill and that she's not a monster. She said Bill had been handcuffing her to chairs regularly and even threw her cat out the window of the car once. She also said Bill threatened to bury her body out in the desert during their road trip if she didn't comply with all of his demands. However... She was convicted of second-degree murder by the jury. Despite their sympathy for Omaima, the eight-woman, four-man jury did not accept her allegations about an abusive relationship with her and William E. Nelson, who was 56 when he was murdered during Thanksgiving weekend in 1991 mm. in the Costa Mesa condominium in California. Despite the extensive mutilation of the body, the jury in Orange County Superior Court acquitted Omaima of first-degree murder after deliberating for six days and concluding there was insufficient evidence to prove the slaying was premeditated. Miss Nelson. Wow. Now that I disagree with. Um, for you to snap and kill somebody and dismember them on that level. Uh, wow. I'm surprised they didn't put her in a, in a, um, in a mental, in, in mental institution. I'm surprised they put her in a regular prison. And was sentenced to 27 years in jail for second degree murder, as well as assault, 
false imprisonment, and robbery of a former boyfriend, according to the Orange County Register. Omaima apologized for dismembering Bill Nelson, stating, I was in a life-or-death situation. I would have been killed that day if I hadn't slain him. She was denied parole in both 2006 and 2011, but she still maintains that she murdered her husband in self-defense. At the parole hearing, Bill's daughter Margaret Nelson spoke. According to the Los Angeles Times, she took a few moments to gather herself before reading a written statement about not being able to introduce her father to her eight-week-old daughter. Mm. Margaret finished by saying, I don't know the adequate punishment for a murderer who doesn't even leave a family a body to mourn over, but I do know you don't let her out. You're damn right, Margaret. Don't even consider it. Yeah. Omaima remarried in prison in the 90s. The disabled man was in his 70s and has since passed away. Now, I told... No matter what she do, somebody gonna want her. Somebody's gonna want her. Let's go. But he and Omaima reportedly had three-day conjugal visits. Even with knives sitting out in the kitchen, Omaima said he never felt threatened or endangered in any way. She claims she really loved him. Aww. Whoever that man was is fucking mental. <laughs> of course. He apparently left her a large sum of money. Omaima will be eligible for parole when she's 58. That will be in 2026. Uh-oh. And I'm sure it's not hard to believe that she has a whole following of deranged people that worship her like the god she thinks she is. Uh, yeah. But underneath the surface beauty on the outside of Omaima is nothing more than the rotting flesh of a cold-blooded monster. Another man-made demon, like her soul had been plucked from her body when she was only a child and replaced with a succubus that should never, ever re-enter society. Yeah, yeah. She might have been a looker, but her eyes are empty, and she is heartless. While I feel for the innocence of the child that used to inhabit the body of mm -hmm. Omaima Nelson, mm -hmm. in my opinion, she's barely even human anymore, and you will never fix her. Letting people like this out of prison is a sign of madness. Omaima currently resides in Central California Women's Facility in Chowchilla, where she serves time next to other high-profile... I know where Chowchilla's at. It's like south of here. Everybody knows about... Is North for real? Are you sure? Okay, you would know. I'm sorry. There's so many prisons out here. You know, when you, when you get locked up, they like to transfer you from prison to prison. Anywho, it's North of here. Okay. Criminals such as Louise Turpin, both of which who can rot in hell. Rest in peace, William Bill E. Nelson. I'm Mr. Black, and this is the disturbing truth. Okay. Now, there's one character that came, because there's one character that came to mind, and I thought it when he was describing her and all this, old girl from American Gods. What the, what was the bitch name? <laughs> Bill Quiss. Bill Quiss from American Gods. Remember her, remember her introductory scene when she had the, she <laughs> She's having sex with a white man, right? And she just literally sucks him in <laughs> into her vagina. Bill Quiz, y'all. Bill Quiz, right? When she takes, she the, the men offer her themselves to her and keeps her youthful. I can't go. I can't show pictures, y'all, y'all, because y'all know y'all y'all watch American Guys. But that that when he was describing segment, I was like, nah, this is something a little bit more deep. Reminded me of of of, of Bill Quiz. From American Gods. Yeah, he watched the first season. I think that like she's in the first one or two episodes and she 
she was like, yeah, tell, send me, say you worship me. He's like, I worship you, I worship you. And she's on top, and the guy, she just pulls the guy into her vagina. And he's like, oh, Bill Quist, I love you, I love you, I love you. He gets shrunk up. Who remembers that episode? Who remembers that scene? Who remembers that scene? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Hell no. I, I ain't got shit for you. Hell no. Hell no. I ain't got shit for I ain't got shit for her. No, no. That's one of those times I would run I run into the wife and be like, babe, help. Babe, help. <laughs> I need your help. <laughs> yeah, go go rewatch that that I forget what episode it was. It was the first season when they first introduced Bilquis. And he's like, yeah, yeah, he just gets sucked into her. And he's like, oh, I love you, I love you. And she, and her youth, and then she gets younger. So I, 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 like the worship, the men worshiping her feeds her and keeps her youthful looking, you know? So yeah, 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 yeah. I, all right, yo, I'm a, <laughs> he said my ex was a prison bay. Oh no. Yo, when they be showing the, the female prisoners, and they be cute, like they be in the they be in the fed joint. Yo, they should be flooded. Dudes be giving them money on the commissary. They don't even have to be. They don't have to worry about nothing. Dudes be offering them a place to stay for their parole. Listen, women gonna always be all right. I don't give for what your physical condition is, what your mental state is. If you're a woman, you have a seventy percent chance, more than likely, somebody's gonna take care of you, or at least offer you a chance to. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's why these these conversations are just useless. Useless. If you're a woman, I don't care how big you are. I don't care how facially challenged you are. I don't care how many kids you got. Somebody, somebody going to want you. That's fact. It's not even up for a debate. Somebody going to want you. I believe it was episode one or two. Yeah, it was early. It was early on. I'm like, what is this shit? And he, yeah. He's like, tell me you worship me. He's like, I worship you. Say my name, Bill Quiz. <laughs> he got sucked in. He got sucked in. <laughs> and she's just pushing his head in. He's like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. You have to watch that scene, man. It's it's wild business. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah. All right. All right. Do I want to cover anything else? I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Yeah. Listen, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, women going to be all right. I cover, I think I covered everything y'all. Let me check one more time. Let me check. Okay. I got everything. I want to oversell it tonight. So I'll, I'll save a little for tomorrow. Oh, you know what? No, I'll save it for tomorrow. I'll save it for tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. This will be tomorrow. That'll be tomorrow. Let's see. What is this? This will definitely be for tomorrow. Okay, we're good to go. 
All right, so yo, y'all get out of here, man. Thank you everybody for hanging out with me and let listening to me run my mouth. Shout out to all those hundred people that were just hate watching. Like, yo. <laughs> Shout out to like the hundred people that were just literally hate watching me. Thank you. Thank you for your energy and your time as well. So with that being said, oh wait, I, I want to make the two two hour mark. I got twenty seconds. I got fifteen seconds. Well, you know, while we're doing that, let's go ahead and get it out of here. Officially get out of here. How are you? I'm only 5'5". Five, five. Super slides 5'5", five, five and he gets plenty of air. <laughs> Sensational.